In biblical times, there wasn't much a Jewish priest could do. From time to time, he was called to look at someone with an open sore, whitish skin, or a bit of hair turned yellow. Sometimes it meant nothing at all. Other times, the diagnosis was devastating. It was leprosy. It didn't matter who you were, how much you had given to society, or how much you had accomplished, a seemingly minor skin ailment would grow and deepen, disfigure, rot, and eventually kill. There was no cure. It was a long, drawn-out death sentence, and it was a lonely one as well. The law is clear. Once a priest declared someone a leper, he had to live outside the city, totally isolated, away from family and anyone he cared for. If anyone came near, he had to yell, unclean, as a warning cry. There was not much a priest could do, and any sort of healing was out of his hands, and if by chance they happened to be healed, the priest would offer up a sacrifice in order to declare them clean again. All of this explains the ten men outside the village in our gospel, in our gospel text. For these men, there is a flicker of hope. Somebody is coming. The word had spread. Jesus was on the border between Galilee and Samaria and was met by this band of ten lepers. We know that the Jews had no dealing with the Samaritans, yet in this group there was at least one. So here you have an example of a great law of life. A common misfortune had broken down the racial and national barriers. In the common tragedy of their leprosy, they had forgotten they were Jews and Samaritans. And you all may know this too, there is a great example in the animal kingdom. For instance, if there's a flood, and the flood surges over a piece of land, and the wild animals all congregate for safety on some little bit of higher ground, you will find standing peacefully together animals that are natural enemies. And you can't help but think about Noah's Ark. <clears throat> so in this parable, the lepers stood far off. Nothing could show more the utter isolation in which lepers lived. So speaking of isolation, I recently read this book called In the Sanctuary of Outlaws. It had been written by Neil White. It's a remarkable story of a young man's loss of everything he deemed important and his ultimate discovery that redemption can be taught by society's most dreadful outcasts. He ended up in a federal prison in rural Louisiana ser serving 18 months for bank fraud. But it wasn't an ordinary prison. The beautiful isolated colony in Carville, Louisiana was also home to the last people in the continental U.S. disfigured by leprosy. 
a small, a small circle of outcasts who have forged a tenacious clandestine commun community, a fortress to repel the cruelty of the outside world. That facility was closed in the year 2000 and turned into the National Hansen's Disease Museum at Carville to preserve the unique history of the residents and the leprosarium. So little statistics here, 90% of our population is resistant to leprosy. About 6,500 individuals in the US have been diagnosed with the disease. Most cases are not in Colorado, they're in Louisiana, Texas, the Gulf Coast, where there is a high prevalence of leprosy in armadillos. So I'm digressing, so let me get back to the sermon. Sickness and death, are, as we know, are the consequences of sin. So are isolation and loss that these men suffer in our parable today. To demonstrate his power over sin and to deliver them, Jesus tells them, go and show yourself to the priests. There is only one reason why a leper would do that. It's if he were healed and wanted to be readmitted to society. He healing from leprosy is a wonderful miracle. But Jesus had greater gifts to give. He was still going to Jerusalem, still headed to the cross to save them and us from eternal death and hell. He, Jesus, keeps offering faith and forgiveness to all. What if people don't believe it and throw it away? He keeps giving, that they might believe. What happens if they don't give thanks? Well, he makes sure that his word is still proclaimed to a thankless world. What happens if they look to other gods for their salvation? Well, he provides. He keeps sending forth his word his saving word that, might that they might repent, believe, and be saved. And then there is the lack of gratitude. No story in all the Gospels so pathetically shows human ingratitude. The lepers came to Jesus with desperate longing. He cured them, and nine never came back to give thanks. So often, once people have got what they want, they never come back. Often, I think, we are ungrateful to our parents. There were years when we were dependent on them for literally everything. Yet the day often comes when an aging parent is a nuisance, and many young people are unwilling to repay the debt they owe. A quote from Shakespeare, King's Lear, he said in the day of his own tragedy, how sharper than a serpent's tooth is to have a thankless child. Often we are ungrateful to one another. It often happens that a friend, a teacher, a doctor, a surgeon does something for us which is impossible to repay, but the tragedy is that we often do not even try to repay we simply forget. We move on with life. And again, Shakespeare wrote, Blow, blow, thy winter wind, 
thou art not so unkind as man's ingratitude. It is not only the nine healed lepers, often it is all of us who are ungrateful to God. In some time of greater need, and I have made the same mistake, in some time of greater need, we pray with desperate intensity. The time passes, we feel better, our life has improved, and we forget God. So while writing this sermon, I could not help but think about my ministry work in the jails. One could say a minister or a chaplain visiting inmates is like someone visiting a leper or a colony. They are outcasts from society. They suffer the consequences of their action and find healing in hearing the soothing words of the gospel. Are they more grateful than the rest of us? Well, the answer is yes or no. Oh, yes and no, I should say. They are grateful in the midst of their breakdown, usually when they first come into the jail or when they are coming off their latest drug binge. That is when they are grateful to find someone willing to listen and console them. Their gratitude shows in their emotions and willingness to hear the word about our Lord and Savior. But then when they are released, they are no different than the nine lepers, never to be seen again, except when they return, which happens only too often. So they left their jailhouse religion behind, and I pointed this fact out to most of the inmates in the past. Some swear up and down that they are always grateful and praise God when they're on the outside. Others are, are at least honest and admit that they don't. Or they say, well, as soon as I get out of jail, I fall off the Jesus wagon. And one, one particular inmate, who I have known for a very long time, I would call him an actor in the comic sometimes, he said to me, well, I've been around the block a few times, and well, that's true. And it's always the same scenario. Once that jail door slams behind me, or shot behind me, I am back on the street, and I go and say, it was nice to know you, Jesus Christ, but I'm going to see my other goddess, called Crystal Meth. Now, this particular individual, though, worries me a great deal. It was not too long ago where he played chicken with cars on I-25 near Fort Collins while being high on some illegal substance. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, it is right and proper for us to give thanks to God this day and every day. Not because we have to, but because we're set free from grudging sin to give thanks to the one who gave us so much. When we confess the creed, we acknowledge that God gives us all that we need for this body and this life, and all that we need for our body and soul for eternal life. That is what Jesus Christ does in our text. He gives the men healing for this life. He gives back to them their homes, their wives, their children, and much more. Nine of them are content to run home with those gifts, but Jesus has more to give. To the one who returns, Jesus also speaks faith. 
he speaks salvation. After all, that's what he's become, his flesh to give. So like the nine lepers, like the nine lepers, most of the world snatches God's gifts for this world and runs away without the rest. But by his grace, he's brought us back to himself because he has more to give. He has more to give such gifts as forgiveness, faith, and eternal life. What great gifts. Okay, thanks unto the Lord for his good and his mercy endures forever. And because his mercy endures forever, we can be forever confident that we are forgiven for all our sins. In Jesus' name, Amen. <coughs> the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, unto life everlasting. Thank you.